Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Tonight, I would like to continue the sermon from last revival service. In the last revival service, I was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, when He came into the world, He came into this dying world as a human being. He took off His glory. And last time, I mentioned that every step of His life, he had the Holy Spirit involved every single step. The Bible says, you can go back and listen to the last sermon. The Bible says that Mary gave birth to Jesus. The Lord Jesus came into her womb by the power or the presence of the Holy Spirit. When he was growing up, he was filled with grace. And then before he went out to do the ministry, he went to the Jordan River, and heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit came on him, anointed him, and he began to preach the gospel. That's what we learned last time. Then go on. After that, the Bible said that he went out to do the ministry by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He was preaching by the Holy Spirit. He was teaching he was casting out demons. He was healing the sick. He spoke words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He made disciples. He raised the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the whole life of Jesus until the day he was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit the whole life, how much more we need the Holy Spirit to be with us, to help us, to anoint us, to lead us. Unfortunately, most Christians in the world don't have the, any idea who the Holy Spirit is. And they don't even know how to fellowship, how to work with the Holy Spirit. That's why it's the job of the pastor like me to teach you, to train you, and to allow you to experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit and show you how to walk by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? So I will continue to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 16, the Bible says, And I will pray the Father, this is the word from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will give you another helper, parakletos, another helper. Jesus was a disciple helper. Now, Jesus said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to die on the cross. I will be resurrected and I will go to heaven. And I will send you another helper that he may abide with you forever. You can see here that Jesus called the Holy Spirit 
our helper. And he promised to give the believer, the Holy Spirit, to dwell with every believer. We need to recognize. We need to be aware. We need to really honor and work with the Holy Spirit who is with us. I don't know about you, how many times a day or how many days a year you were thinking about the Holy Spirit in you? I hope you think all the time. I think about Holy Spirit all the time. When I talk to my patient every day, Holy Spirit, you will help me to find the right cause of this sickness or pain and suffering. When I perform surgery, Holy Spirit, guide me, show me what to do. I connected to the Holy Spirit all the time because the Lord Jesus said, He is with me. I can talk to Him. I can fellowship with Him. And I'm going to depend on Him because He knows everything. He is supernatural. He has so much unlimited wisdom. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. He knows what I don't know. Therefore, I need to really depend on the Holy Spirit, connect to the Holy Spirit, and I'm led by the Holy Spirit. We need to have that kind of consciousness of the indwelling and the helping of the Holy Spirit 24-7, all the time. When I drive on the road, I connect to the Holy Spirit. He tell me what to do. Actually, lately, God spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Son, don't drive close to the car in front of you. Stay away from them. And if you want to park, park away from the car in front of you. And I say, why? He said, if the car behind hit you and your car slide to hit in the front, you're also at fault. Because the police officer will say that you park too close to the car in front of you. Even the Holy Spirit knows the law of American country. He knows. <laughs> he knows everything. So you have to be careful. You listen to the Holy Spirit all the time. He is your helper. He is your counselor. How many people recognize that he is with you? How many times a day you say, Holy Spirit, you are with me right now. You help me. John 16, 7, the Bible says, But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor, capital C, which means the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, Jesus talked about going to the cross. He will be crucified. He would put into the tomb and he would be raised from the dead and go back to heaven. I will send him to you. This is the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ to every believer that he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. The Lord Jesus could not be with us everywhere we go, but the Holy Spirit can be with us anywhere and with all of us at the same time, anytime, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., sometimes my patient page me at 2 a.m. And, hello, what's going on? I talk to the daughter of my patient. My dad had a fever. Then right away at 2 a.m., Holy Spirit, what I should say. I'm serious. <laughs> should I send the patient to the ER? What should I do? I listen to the Holy Spirit even at 2 a.m. on the phone when I talk to my patient's family member. All the time, I listen 
to the Holy Spirit. I depend on the Holy Spirit. We need to build this kind of lifestyle and habit to recognize, to honor, to hook up to the Holy Spirit all the time. Don't be too smart to depend on yourself because you could make mistake. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you will not make any mistake. Amen. So you can see here that Jesus wants us to have the Holy Spirit and wants us to really walk with the Counselor and the Helper, the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at what the Bible say about the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit an energy, some kind of power, and is like a physical thing or just an abstract something abstract? Let's look at what the Bible talk about the Holy Spirit. Who? Is he? Luke chapter 12, verses 11 to 12. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. Don't worry. For, why? For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour, what you ought to say. According to this scripture, the Holy Spirit is not an object. He's not an energy. He's not an abstract or just an idea. He is the person. He is God. He can speak to you. He can show you what to say. Sometimes he may say to you, shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Sometimes he say to you, say this and that, a few sentences and stop. Should we live that way? That we are led by the Spirit of what to say all the time. What to do all the time. I think I may need to talk about this about 2,000 times before some of you get it. I preach like this. Two days later, you don't even care about it. <laughs> you don't live like that. Please, from now on, hook up to the Holy Spirit. He will help you what to say. Amen? Amen. All the time, in every situation, even when you talk to your kid, you listen to the Holy Spirit. When you talk to your wife, you listen to the Holy Spirit. When you talk to your boss, you listen to the Holy Spirit. When you talk to your customer, hook up to the Holy Spirit. He will help you anytime you ask Him and depend on Him. The problem is that we ignore Him most of the time and we don't care about hearing from Him. We need to be really connected to the Holy Spirit. He is the person. He can speak to us and teach us. Acts chapter 20, verse 23. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. You can see here that the Holy Spirit warned the disciple, the apostle, about the upcoming dangers or persecutions. He can warn you. He can tell you ahead of time what's going to happen to you. You need to listen. Sometimes he just warned you Something going to happen, but it doesn't mean you have to stop doing what God called you to do. He just tried to tell you that 
This is going to happen, so be prepared. But sometimes it warns you so that you will not go there. You will not get involved so that you will not lose money unnecessarily. Or you will not lose your life because he said, don't go there. You can be in trouble. Don't get there. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? All the time. He will guide you. He will warn you. In Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 7, you can see that the book of Acts talk a lot about the acts of the Holy Spirit. It's not the acts of the apostle or disciple. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the smart man, the elders of the church, the person who have PhD from the Bible school. Who? The Holy Spirit. To preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Sometimes the Lord will tell you not to do this, not to go there, go here. It's his timing. He will tell you what to do. He will know the best time for you to go there. I know for sure is the time of God for me to go to Phnom Penh in Cambodia this January. It's the right timing for me. Somebody asked me to go there many years ago, but the Holy Spirit told me, no, it's not the timing. And now it's the timing for me to show up in that communist country, in that country where people had a lot of demons, and I pray that this time a lot of people are going to be set free from demons in the revival meeting in Phnom Penh. God has his timing, and who knows the timing of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Amen? He knows exactly when is the best time, where to go, everything. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. We need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The more, the better. The thicker, the better. Amen? The more anointing, the better. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray. For as we ought... But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit is the best helper to us. He will tell us what to pray. There are two aspects of this scripture. Number one, when you want to pray for somebody, you can connect to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to give you exact word what to pray. If you want to pray for the sick, ask the Holy Spirit, how should I say this? Give me faith. What to say? Amen? In this trip, one person, one leader over there told me that she has been having some symptoms for a while. I don't want to go into detail. While I was worshiping the Lord in San Diego, Suddenly, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You pray right now. Not even lay hand. You pray right now that that leader will be healed from that symptom. So right away during worship, I spoke by the Holy Spirit. Boom, 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 boom. For the healing of that person. After the service, 
She came to me and said, "It's interesting. My symptom went away. It's gone. It's all gone." And I smile. I know who did the job, not me. The Holy Spirit used me to be an intercessor to pray specifically at the right timing and exactly what I need to say to the Father in heaven for her healing. You see, God sometimes use laying on of hands. Sometimes God just asks you to sit down and pray at home for somebody speaking in tongues. Sometimes God leads you to pray in tongue for somebody else. Or pray in your own language. So when you pray, always connect to the Holy Spirit. What to pray for people? What kind of language you have to say? What kind of word you have to say? Because the Holy Spirit is the best helper in the time of prayer. In fact, He is the helper for everything. He is the best car mechanics. He is the best hairstylist. He is the best cook. He is the best computer programmer. He knows exactly what to do with the computer. He knows the computer better than you. Amen. He's the best surgeon in the world. So I need to connect to the Holy Spirit to be able to perform the right surgery. Amen. He will tell you what to do. He's the best helper in everything you do. Amen. Look at not only Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit. When you read. The book of Acts carefully, you can see that Christians in the early church really hungry. They were hungry. They were seeking and depending on the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter one, verses four to five, and being assembled together with them, he, mean Jesus, commanded them, the disciple of the early church, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. For the promise of the Father, you see, God said that before you leave to preach, you need to do something very important. He said, "You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now." Jesus commanded disciple before. You went out to preach the gospel. You needed the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a command of the Master. How important it is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit the first time and then on a regular basis. I believe it's the will of the Father for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I believe that it's the will of the Father for every believer to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again, more and more, to the higher measure, to the higher level of the anointing. I want to encourage all of you: don't be satisfied with the level you have. You should be hungry for more of the Spirit of the Living God, for more measure. You need to be filled again and again. We need to be the wise virgin in the Bible. The wise virgin, they have the oil in their lamp ready for the coming of the groom, which means the church that is always filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. The church should welcome the oil. 
should fill with the oil of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. That's why we have revival service like this. Amen? So that we can have time to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then verse 8, he said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I always say this sentence. There are three words in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I say this again and again, but some of you are new here, so I have to say it again. There are three words concerning our relationship with the Holy Spirit or human relationship with the Holy Spirit. The first word is with. The Holy Spirit can be with somebody. Okay? That word usually is used for witnessing. For example, when I want to witness to somebody to know Christ, the Holy Spirit needs to come along with me, inside me and on me, so that the Holy Spirit will be with the non-believer who listen to me. So that the Holy Spirit will speak to that non-believer and open their spiritual eyes to see the light of the gospel. We need to bring the Holy Spirit to be with the non-believers. The second word, in. The Holy Spirit is in every born-again Christian. If you are truly born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you. But there's a third word, on. When we talk about on, it means anointing or power. That's why we call the anointing because the anointing means oil. You put the oil on the surface of the skin, on. Anointing, on. The Holy Spirit relates to the believers in the area of power. He comes on us and anoints us to have the power to run the race, to serve the Lord, and to do the ministry. So we need in and on. On more and more. Thicker and thicker oil on our life. I pray to God every single day that God will give me thicker anointing as time goes by. I want to have more anointing, thicker oil of anointing on my life so that everywhere I go, I can be the blessing to the nations. I can heal the sick. I can cast out demons. I can set the captive free by the anointing that is on me. I want more anointing on my life. It's like, you. how many people want to have less money? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have more money? You don't raise hand, it means you don't want it? Give to me if you don't want money. How many people want to have more money? Wow. Okay. Why do you want to have more money? Why? Basically, so that you can have more freedom to live your life. You can spend this, you can buy that. Because you have money, you have left over to bless people, to give to people, to help your relative or to help your friends. The more money you have, the more you can do things with finances. The same thing, anointing, the more you have, you can help more people. Many things in life you cannot really fix with money. Amen? So many times when I talk to my patients, Some of them have terrible 
sickness. Surgery can fix only maybe 50%. Surgery may not even help them at all. Some people suffer so much from sicknesses. And many times I think they should come to church. They should come to be in the presence of God. They should be lay hand on. You know, in the, my clinic, I cannot lay hand on everybody. They're going to think I'm crazy because they come to see a neurosurgeon, not a pastor. But in my heart, I think you can be healed by God. Surgeon cannot help you, but God can help you. I need more anointing to heal the sickness on people's life. We need more anointing. Anointing can help, like what I talk, uh, talking about that young girl that did not want to study. The anointing on me and Pastor Da, when I lay hand on her, she got set free and become straight A student for four years already. You think money can change that? No, you can have $10 million, but you cannot change that girl by money. You need the anointing to set the captive free, to get the curse out of people. Amen? So that's why Jesus said, you need to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. 12 to 16. And look at how the apostle or the early church disciple walked with the Lord in that generation. This should be our pattern. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. They were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Notice one thing in this scripture, only one verse here. Through the hands of the apostles, the early church leaders lay hand a lot. Why lay hand? Because God used a few ways to impart the anointing or the power into people's life. If you study the Bible carefully, these are the ways God used. Number one, association. You receive the anointing by association. The pastor in Thailand, every pastor who, was, who has been under my care, have the anointing to cast out demons because I have the anointing to cast out demons. All of them have the same anointing because of the association. Number two, the anointing can go into people's life by voice. How many times Jesus say, pick up your mat and walk. He did not even lay hand. He just spoke. The wind stopped. The rain stopped. Amen? God Honor the voice of the anointed man. I remember before I went to San Diego, the broadcast said there will be rain every day through Sunday. When I heard about that broadcast, in the name of Jesus, God, you know I need to be in the sea world on Thursday. <laughs> on Friday, I need to go out to the beach to take some video teaching. I need sunshine for at least two days. So that I can enjoy Sea World, and I'm the favorite boy of the kingdom. So you're gonna give me a good day. So in the name of Jesus, I spoke by the anointing. Rain must not come on Thursday and Friday, and there was no rain on both days. The broadcast was wrong because of the anointing that come through the voice. 
I remember one time, I was standing at the window in Tokyo. The snow came down so heavily. I flew to Tokyo to have revival meeting. I flew there by. I arrived there on Friday night, and the broadcast said the whole weekend going to be snow. No one can get out. The train will stop. Wow, this is not fun. I come here for a revival. I need to get to the meeting place. I need to get on the train. I need to get there. I was standing at the window of that hotel in Tokyo, and I spoke the word of anointing in the name of Jesus. You have to stop this weekend. No snow. I woke up next morning, Saturday. No snow. The whole weekend, sunshine. The anointing that come from your voice, amen. When you want to pray for somebody, you can say, you know, sometime a young lady come to me and want me to pray for. I don't need to lay hand on the young lady because it may not look appropriate out there somewhere on the street while I lay hand on young lady. It look weird, you know, because I I don't want people to misunderstand me to put hand on a young woman and my wife to misunderstand me. So I need to be sensitive to my wife. So I just stand there and look with my eyes. In the name of Jesus, you are healed, and the anointing can come with the voice to heal the sick. So the anointing can come from association by voice, tree by oil. You anoint people with oil. I don't want to go into detail. And another way is by cloth. You put anointing in the handkerchief or apron and bring that handkerchief to somebody. One story in our church: a member named Mark. His dad was dying of a final stage, I believe, lung cancer. If I'm not mistaken, the doctor say you will not live more than six months. Just before he flew to, um, I think the father lived in Taiwan. Before he flew to Taiwan, he brought the handkerchief to our revival service. He asked me, "Can you lay hand on this handkerchief?" I said, "Sure." I lay hand on the handkerchief. He took the handkerchief to Taiwan and told his dad, "His dad is Catholic. Say that you know this handkerchief had the anointing for my pastor. I'm gonna put on you, and you need to believe in the healing." So he put the handkerchief on his father. He continued to live. Cancer was gone, and eventually, two years later, the father flew here to be in his wedding ceremony and play guitar and sing song, sang a song for his son. <laughs> Praise God! God still works today, the same like in the early church that the apostle Paul performed unusual miracle through his hand and through the handkerchief, and the common way to impart the anointing. The most common way is by the laying on of hands. You remember Moses lay hand on Joshua to impart the spirit of wisdom on Joshua. Amen. Or another one like handkerchief. Another one is Elijah. His mantle fell off when he went up to heaven, and the mantle fell down on Elijah. Elijah picked it up and received the anointing. From Elijah, so the apostle in the early church lay hand a lot. Our church lay hand a lot too. 
because we believe in what the Bible say. And they perform many signs and wonders. Yet none of the rest dare join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. This one talk about being close to the anointing. You know, the anointing can impart into you by coming close to the anointing, and you just draw. I remember one time uh, at another church in Seattle area, Pastor Kenneth Hagin came into town. Oh, thousands of people show up in that church. Pastor Kenneth Hagin was very anointed. He already passed away. And after he finished preaching, I was sitting on that side of the church, that on right-hand side, facing this way. The second man on the second row, Pastor Kenneth Hagin, walked toward that row. And I say, oh, come here, come here. Lay hand on me, lay hand on me. But suddenly he turned backward like this, out of me. I was, no, don't walk away from me. Walk to me, lay hand on me. I was thinking, I was in the second row. But suddenly God spoke to me. Son, he came close to you now. He has the anointing. Why don't you draw from his being close to you? Right away in my spirit, I pulled the straw out. Like this. I didn't do this in the meeting. I didn't, people would think that I'm crazy. I just pulled the straw out in my spirit. Like this. Within three seconds, I got drunk in the Holy Spirit. And I got drunk until the door of the church closed and the uh, janitor came and said, you have to leave. And I said, I cannot leave. I'm still drunk. I'm still on the floor. My daughter, Tanida, and my wife, uh, Pastor Da, have to hold my body out of the church like this at 10 p.m. And in the car, I was still drunk. Back home, I was still drunk. Just buying, by doing this, draw the anointing from the anointed man. Come close to you, and you receive the anointing because you are hungry, because you are open. You say, I'm desperate. I need the anointing. Come to me. So I draw. He did not even lay hand on me. So those people think, if I can put the sick close to Peter, just he... When the Bible talks about the shadow will fall on the sick, it means he come clo- they, they came close to him. The anointing will flow out of him to touch these people. Amen? So these people were hungry for God. And also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And I like this one. And... Some of them were healed. Did I read the right way? Of 2% of them, 5%, 10%, were all healed. Who healed them? Who healed all these sick people and cast demons out from them? Not human. The Holy Spirit. 
I pray that this scripture will become real in Seattle. One day they can close over Lake and Evergreen Hospital. And I don't need to have a job. It's not good for you though. You work for the Overlake Hospital. You need a job. Okay. I sympathize you need a job at Overlake Hospital. <laughs> These three sisters work at the Overlake. <laughs> but it would be nice if all 100% of people show up in the church. They're all healed. And demons come out of them. All of them. That's my prayer. I pray that one day we will reach to that level. Amen? All of us are going to have the anointing that any sick person come to you healed. How can you do that? By the anointing, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot give what you don't have. Pastor Rodney always say this way, empty hand lay on the empty head. If your hand has nothing, you lay hand on the empty head, the head is too empty. Some of them may not be only empty head, but the hair fall down and they got bald. In order to give something to some people, you need to have that thing. We talk about anointing. Can, how can you give the anointing if you don't have the anointing? You need to have more anointing to be able to give to people around you. Amen? If you have the anointing, you can lay hand on your father, your mother, your son, your daughter. Lay hand on them and see the healing in their life. Amen? See the miracle and breakthroughs and all kind of good things happen because you have the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. Believer cannot be quesalasela. Whatever will be, will be. We need to be hungry for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let me read a few more scriptures and I will finish. Look at how the early church disciples walked with the Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And they were all filled, not 50%. Unfortunately, in the church today, because there are so many denominations and many people go to the church that don't, touch, don't teach, don't believe in the Holy Spirit, they were, there's no such thing they were all anymore. I hope that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The two months old believer from Colorado, two person flew from Colorado, brand new believer out from Buddhism. They came to the meeting because they have never been taught by any religion or any denomination. They came in and lay hand, boom, speak in tongue. They filled with the Holy Spirit because they did not get brainwashed by certain teacher who say there is no Holy Spirit today. New believers receive the Holy Spirit easiest because they have faith. They're hungry for God. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 4, 8, again and again. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, before you preach, before you witness, before you do anything, you should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then speak. The healing room in Bartle. Before you pray for the sick in the healing room, what do you need to do? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
first. You don't, don't lay hand as a tradition or as a ritual. You lay hand and speak and sing and command the sickness to go by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. Amen. This should be the lifestyle of every believer. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Is it still happen today that the building is shaken? Yes, it still happened in this generation. It's still. I got testimony all the time. May not happen in America, but I got the testimony in Europe, in Thailand, that they were having meeting, and then suddenly they all spoke in tongue, and the building was shaking. I'm serious. Still happen today. It's wonderful to see that happen today, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The early church disciple were hungry for the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 7, verse 55. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen was preaching and serving with the fullness of the Spirit. That generation, all the disciples depended on the Holy Spirit. Acts eleven twenty two to 24. Then news of this thing came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, we need the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man. Who was a good man? Barnabas. Full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. We should change the name. Not only Barnabas, but your name should be in there. Where you go, the grace of God go with you. And people look at your life, who this lady, she is full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Your reputation should not be that you drive an expensive car or you can quote the scripture and you can boast about your Bible knowledge. No. People look at you and say, wow, I see with my own eyes. She or he is full of the Holy Spirit. She and he is so full of faith. Should that be labeled to us? Should people label us that way? Seki, he's a man, young man, full of the Holy Spirit. He's so full of faith. Should that be your desire? Should you become that man? I hope that that is your desire. You are so full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. All this scripture that I read, 
from the early church time, you can see that the Holy Spirit is a person. He get involved with the disciple all the time, and the disciple get the Holy Spirit involved with them all the time, and they were hungry to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They minister, they move, and they were led by the Spirit of the Lord. Is their lifestyle? Should we be that way? That we are so full of the Holy Spirit, we are led by the Spirit, we are anointed by the Spirit, and we move and talk, do things with the infilling of the Holy Spirit all the time. We should develop that kind of lifestyle, fill with the power, fill with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Definitely, we have different level and measure of the Holy Spirit. As time go by, I hope that you are more full than this year. We keep being hungry, thirsty, get touched by the Spirit of God. Amen. I want to stop here. Next revival meeting, I will continue to preach this message. Again, in conclusion, Jesus, the whole life. The Holy Spirit minister in Him, through Him, with Him. Now, the early church disciple in the Book of Acts, the Holy Spirit got involved with everything. The Holy Spirit worked with them. Today, are we still in the church era? Are we in the New Testament church? Should we depend on the Holy Spirit? Should we be hungry for the Holy Spirit? Yes. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You need to be hungry. You need to be desperate, and say, God, come, fill me, touch me. I yield to you. You can do whatever you want in my life. If you make me cry, I cry. I'm not trying to keep. The dignity that if I cry I will look weird. I'm a man. I cannot cry. No, it's not about your dignity. It's about the Holy Spirit. I explained to the people in San Diego that a lot of Christian misunderstand one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. One of the fruit of the Holy Spirit called self-control, and they apply that scripture to the Holy Spirit. Some Christians say. If the Holy Spirit touch me, I gonna be self-control. If He want me to cry, I'm not gonna cry. If He want me to fall, I'm not gonna fall. I have to be self-control. That is a wrong interpretation of the Word of God. The word self-control mean controlling your flesh. If you are mad and you want to slap on somebody's face, you're so mad and want to slap, self-control. Pull your hand down and don't slap. That is self-control. You want to open your mouth and gossip about somebody, and then the Holy Spirit say, "Ah, uh-uh, don't gossip. Don't practice this. It's wrong. It's a sin." Then you self-control. You, even though you might, uh, uh, mm, mm, 
You want to open your mouth and say something, but you still mm, self-control. The Bible never teaches us to control the Holy Spirit. Actually, the Bible tells us to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Whatever He wants to do, surrender to Him. So that He can fill you. He can work in you. He can work through you. Can you imagine if you don't surrender to Him now in this room where no one, one takes picture, put in the website, or put in a newspaper or something? It's just very safe environment like this. You think you're going to yield to the Holy Spirit in public where people look at you. What are you doing? You're not going to yield because you fear man. If you have the fear of man, you will not yield to the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible talks about Peter. He was full with the Holy Spirit and he spoke. He said, I'm not going to listen to man. I'm going to listen to God. He was so full of boldness. He yielded to the Holy Spirit. He did not yield to the Jews in that generation. You need to be bold. You can do whatever Spirit tells you to do. And you need to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. But you need to be self-controlled in the area of the flesh, of your own pride, your own sinful nature. Amen? Is it clear? Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Is there anyone in this room never been filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues? And you say, I want to obey the command of Jesus. He said, wait in Jerusalem and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the disciples obeyed the Lord Jesus. They were waiting in the upper room for 10 days until the Holy Spirit came on them. They were all drunk with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongue. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I would like to ask you, if you want to, we will pray for you and lay hand on you tonight. And you just yield to the Lord. And this is good for you. You're going to go to the next level of your Christian walk. You may walk in this level, but when the Holy Spirit fills you, you're going to go up to the next level. The Holy Spirit does not come to destroy anybody. He came to give life. So if you yield, He will give life to you. Okay? So if you are those people, I'm going to pray for you first tonight. I will lead you to pray and lay hand on you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Anyone? Even one person, I will pray for that person. You've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're that person, you come out to the front here, sit here, I will pray for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for showing us all the scriptures. Lord, we want to be biblical Christians. We want to follow what the Bible says. We want to be obedient. Because faith without action is dead. Now we learn in the Bible that you want us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you give example of the early church disciples. Lord, we want to exercise our faith tonight. We want to receive the infilling, the baptism with the Holy Spirit tonight. We are hungry and we thirst for the rivers from heaven, Lord. Fill my brother and sister, Lord, who are hungry for you. And they want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Other pastor, could you help me to lay hand to? I'm going to lead you to pray. 
you follow my prayer. Jesus said that if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, He will give to you. You need to ask, okay? And don't look at man like me. It's not about me. You look up to God. Look to the Holy Spirit. Look to the Lord Jesus. You open up your heart to receive. You pull from heaven down the Spirit of God to fill up. And when you feel the presence of God, you just open your mouth and you speak. And God gonna give you the language. Hallelujah. Let me share something quickly to help you. I love to go to Waikiki Beach to swim. When I walk to the beach and see the water, the first reaction I have is that the water is cold. I can put my foot down there and whoo, really cold, because my body, the temperature is out in the sun. Temperature in the water is lower. I feel a little bit awkward to get into the water at the first few steps because of being cold. So I have two choices. Number one, who cold like this. So if I keep doing this, I will never swim because I'm scared of having cold water around me. So the best way to come out from that fear is to jump in. First, second, you feel cold on your skin. How many people have this experience? But only three seconds, whoo, it's so good. You feel good swimming in the ocean. The same thing here, receive the Holy Spirit. You need to jump in. You cannot do this. Uh, mm, uh, mm. You should not do that. You should jump in. Amen? If I'm going to give you a check, $500, and put the check out this way, are you going to do that? Uh, mm, mm, mm. What do you do? <laughs> you come to me right away. Is that right? Before I change my mind. You don't want me to change my mind to pull my check back and put it in my pocket. You hurry to pick my check. The same thing when you come to the Holy Spirit. Jump in. Forget about yourself. Forget about anything. Just jump in your spirit. Say, God, fill me. I'm going to jump in to swim right now. Amen. Open your mouth and speak and just go on. Just bam, 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 bam. Don't be like this up and down. Hesitate. Just go forward 100%. Amen. I'm going to lead you to pray. All of these people never speak in tongue. Okay. Pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for loving me. I know, Lord, you want to give me power to witness for Christ and to serve you. Lord, the power come by your Holy Spirit. You command me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I open my heart. I want to receive by faith. I yield to you. I come to you with a childlike faith. 
Little child come to the daddy and trust that the daddy will give me what I need. I don't come with any logic, with any reason. I come by faith to receive from you, Lord. Right now, fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.